Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I know the season's over, which, but you know what? As a podcaster, as a content creator, it doesn't stop. You got to keep going. You got to keep talking about things. And you got to bring up things that we we may still have on our brains and on our minds, folks. So what better time and what better place to do it here than the Rico Report on the Buffalo Fanatics? Let's go. So... Folks, I I was in my feelings, folks. I'm going to tell you right now. And I'm usually the one telling you guys, get out of your feelings. <laughs> get out of your feelings. Well, your boy's got feelings, too. Anyway, I was in my feelings the other day. And I started talking about, I started thinking. And, uh, and you know, we get in our thoughts. Usually, if it's like you're driving somewhere and you just kind of listen to, like, satellite radio or you just listen to whatever podcast that you guys listen to. First and foremost, by the way, Shout out to everybody that's here right now. Appreciate you. I know it's a tough time to be a Bills fan right now. I'm trying to listen to Bills content and stuff like that. But the fact that you guys are here, you guys are, you've been listening. And uh, if you guys are first-time listeners, welcome. Uh, if you guys are long-time listeners, we appreciate you coming back. Uh, but, sort of, t- you know what I mean? You start getting in your thoughts about the season. I mean, coaching, players, where it went wrong, and all this good stuff, right? And uh, obviously, if you're part of a lot of group chats, or even if, like, you know what I mean? going along Twitter and getting into Twitter threads and so on and so forth. I'm going to tell you something, man. You get into your thoughts and you start thinking about all these things. And the one thing that was, that was, that came to mind was like, yo, where did we go wrong? Where, where did the bills go wrong? Like we went like four division champs, like, you know what I mean? Four division championships in a row. So like clearly we're doing something right, but like the end result continues to be the same thing. So like, Somewhere along the line, somewhere along the season, somewhere there was a decision made. <laughs> Somebody said Dan Mitchell jinxed us. <laughs> That's actually funny. The greatest story ever told. It was almost. It was almost, man. We had to turn, we had to throw that shit in the trash. We had to burn that bitch. Um, but for the most part, like you start wondering where the heck did our season go wrong and what point in the season did it go wrong? Right. And you start thinking of those things, right? And uh and I started to kind of gather, I mean, some, some, some intel, if you will. I started looking some things up. And then, I mean, you always want to get other people's opinion and their thoughts because they may bring something up where you're like, ooh, that's a good point. But before we get into where it went wrong, I want you guys to, I mean, in the chat, hashtag where you think something went wrong. It could be something as minor as a decision that was made, a signing that was made, a signing that wasn't made, right? Something that wasn't addressed. Maybe it's maybe a specific injury. Uh, Maybe it was a coaching call that just ruined the whole. Who knows? You guys may have that. So just hashtag it and and say uh, where it it went wrong. Hashtag where it went wrong. And then kind of give me your thoughts on that in the chat. But before we even get into that, I wanted to get into coaching. And uh, I know for a fact that a lot of folks are not happy, are not thrilled, 
I gotta get me one of a new a new boom boom arm. I'm done. This boom arm is killing me. Um, I'd like to get into. I want to get your thoughts on coaching. And uh, listen, I like this one, Michael Williams. Michael Williams. This was something that I had in mind. I have that in my notes. We're gonna talk about that. All right. But uh, thank you for putting that out there. But I, I want to go. I want to go to coaching. And the last few days, there's been um, a mixture of why things went left or right. And a lot of times when things don't go well with a team and they, they, they don't, they fail or something didn't work out the way it was supposed to. This is killing me, right? So you always want to go to, that was the coach's fault. You want to blame the coach. And rightfully so. When those things happen, that's where you got to look at. You got to look at the coach because it starts with a coach. And then you 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 move beyond the coach to find out, okay, so yes, it was coaching, but then there's be there's things beyond the coach. What did the coach do? What kind of coaching decisions did he make, et cetera, et cetera? So then I'm like, how long has coach been here? Coach McDermott. And this is nothing new because this has been brought to my attention. So don't get me wrong, I'm not coming out with brand new information. But like I started to dig just dig, dig a little deeper, right? So Coach McDermott. I know folks want to blame Coach McDermott, and I'm one that is usually to the defense. And it sometimes pisses a lot of people off that I'm going to the defense of Sean McDermott. But I'm also at the defense of Sean McDermott because I see all the good things that he's done for this team and the good things that I can see going forward, right? And I really do think that he's the right guy for this team. However, he does not come without flaw. And that's where I had to check myself with a few things, all right? So Dan Fouts was like, yo, hogwash, you hate Josh Allen. Yeah, I hate Josh Allen. <laughs> Come on now. By the way, shout out to my guy, Jeff King. Always showing major love. I got to give you the right thing. It, it's weird because he's always been, you mean, a member of BF, like, without. But this is his first time officially coming through. I got to bring the bell out. Bing, biggity, bing to my guy, Jeff King. <laughs> but he's always been a member of the fam. So I appreciate you, Jeffrey. And uh, Jeff is going to probably want to chime in on this as well, but I'm sure he will. But anyway, let me get to it. <laughs> yeah, Dan Fouts. I don't know who Dan Fouts is. Dan Fouts is, is being a clown right now. But anyways, let me get to it, right? So McDermott's been here for seven years. All right. In the, and, and I'll, get it, I'll get into what this team. And then I was thinking, who has been a coach with their team for a long period of time that hasn't won a championship. And there aren't many. Usually, and this is not new here, you guys have brought this to my attention. So five years is usually a magic number where, okay, you got five years to try to make something happen with the squad. And if you're not bringing me championships or you're not bringing me at least close to a championship where I can, I can see something or I can, I can feel that something's, that's, that's brewing, something's coming our way, I'll I'll extend the leash. And this is the real question. Has Terra Pagula given too much leash to Sean McDermott? And that's a valid question. And, and the reason I, I came to this was the latest tweet that I made was, fam, Pagula has to be very frustrated right now. Very frustrated. And not because 
it's the same results of what's transpired with these bills. But more so because Terry Pagula brought in, he, he moves on from Doug Whaley. He brings in Sean McDermott. And not in that order, but you catch what I'm saying. They hire Sean McDermott. He moves on from Doug Whaley. They bring in, they bring in obviously Brandon Bean. So Sean McDermott, Sean McDermott, right off the rip in the 2017 draft, it says, We ain't touching quarterback. Trust my process. You hired me for a reason. We're not going for quarterback. To Terry Pagula is like, but we got the 10th pick. This is the draft to get a quarterback. We have been missing a quarterback for so long. And this is what Doug Whaley was working towards. I truly believe if Doug Whaley was kept in place, there would have been a very big debate of not getting rid of that 10th pick and drafting Pat Mahomes. But this is this post, people are going to think that this is about Pat Mahomes. It's not about Pat Mahomes. Follow me as I go with this, folks. So, Terry's like, I trust you, Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott's like, we're going to trade out of that pick and we're going to get, we're going to build this defense because that's how this is going to work. I'm a defensive-minded guy. We're missing defensive pieces. We need it. We don't have a corner. We need a corner. There's a lot of things we're missing. We can accumulate draft picks and really build this. We're rebuilding right now. So let us rebuild. Let's rebuild properly. And the foundation is to build this defense up. Terry Pagula said, cool. Fast forward to right now. I am sure of it that Terry Pagula is thrilled with Josh Allen because we, whether you want to call it luck or whatever you want to call it, but the fact of the matter is this, we have an elite quarterback. We have a franchise quarterback on the Bills. However, Terry's got to be looking at Sean McDermott saying, I trusted your process as a defensive-minded head coach. I gave up the 10th pick to Kansas City Kansas City went ahead and drafted Pat Mahomes, and Pat Mahomes has been eliminating us getting to where we need to get to, and that's the Super Bowl. This is three games now that we've faced this team, and Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes has taken you out. And that was the very pick that we gave up, and now it's coming back to haunt us. But you're the guy I hired to stop this. Because you're a defensive-minded head coach. You should be getting in the way of this. You have a franchise quarterback. So your job now is to build this defense to stop Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. And you haven't been able to do it. So from a Pagula standpoint, he's got to be frustrated. Bro, you're the guy that's supposed to stop these guys. And we haven't been able to. And you've been part of this for seven years. So then I'm like, I went back to kind of like, well, well, the coaches has been with their team a long time, but didn't win anything. But they kept on staying on the team before a team made a decision. Well, not many. Two coaches popped up. Bill Cower, the retired Bill Cower. He coached the Pittsburgh Steelers, the one team he coached from 1992 to 06. He coached 15 years in the league. And in those 15 years as coach, one wild card game, three divisional games, five AFC championships, two Super Bowl appearances, one he lost, one he won, and a Super Bowl, and obviously the Super Bowl victory, right? 
but it took a while. It took a while for him to get his first championship. I just had I just had my screen up. I didn't write that part down of how long it took before he got his first one where the the leash was extended to give him that opportunity. But you you get your leash extended if you show me promise that you're making AFC you're making playoffs number 1. Number 2, you're going as far as as far as maybe the AFC Championship, you're one game away. At least you're getting me there consistently that I can say that's the guy, that's my coach, right? Let me just go back here and and uh I had it up and I closed the page. Give me two seconds, folks. So when I'm looking at how how we how the Bills have been performing, and I look at what Sean McDermott has been able to do, yes, you are getting us into the playoffs. That is true. But we keep getting bounced out. We keep getting bounced out almost as in the same fashion, the most painful fashion. Losing sucks, losing hurts. Don't get me wrong. No loss feels good. But there are losses that are just, that's hurtful. That one, that one hurts. That one stinks. So looking at Bill Cowher's, Bill Cowher's coaching. I mean, his first year in coaching in the K in 92, playoffs. Playoffs. Playoffs, man. But he hasn't won anything. He won his first Super Bowl 12 years, I think 12 years later. In, two, in 2005, give or take. But he was reaching, actually, he had a Super Bowl appearance, excuse me, in 95. So 92, 93, 94, 95. At least I made it to the Super Bowl. That's like, okay, my ownership knows that. Rooney's know that I can get you there. At least there's an appearance in the Super Bowl. Within five years, within five years, McDermott's going on, what, seven? Bill Coward didn't win his until 2005. Took him a while to get there. But look how he finished it. His first year in the league, first in the AFC Central, second, the second year. It goes, he goes first, second, first, 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 first. I mean, they own that division. From 98 to 2000, they didn't do well. They didn't make the playoffs. Third, fourth, and third. Then back in the in it at first in the AFC. At the time, they were AFC Central. Then they switch over to AFC North. First again, third. Like, dude, ten years out of five out of fifteen years, he's made it to the playoffs. So, although a lot of y'all are, are upset with me, oh, how could you defend McDermott? Because I've seen what he's done for this team, but you got to look at okay, so. Are any other coaches given this long of a leash? At least if you go to Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin has won a Super Bowl. He continues to get his teams to the to, to playoffs. And there's there's at least there's a Super Bowl win, the Super Bowl victory under his belt. But even lately, they've been all, well, could this be the end of, of Mike Tomlin with the Pittsburgh Steelers? Maybe it's grown stale that his message is not getting through. Like even a championship winning coach is getting that. And then you got McDermott that hasn't won diddly squat in terms of getting his team to a, to a Super Bowl appearance. He came close one game away. So that kind of gave you a little bit of hope that, okay, this brother got this team to an AFC championship. Let's roll. Not quite. Not quite. 
Because right now, the last two years, three years, if you will, has looked crazy. It's just, it's just nuts. So now you now you sitting here kind of like, okay, we gotta give this really some some thought here. So then I'm like, okay, the other coach was Andy Reid. And I know it's easy to go to Andy Reid and say, okay, well, that guy's a Andy Reid's a G. 25 years coaching, 26 years coaching in his 26th year. 14 years with Philly, going into his 11th year right now with Kansas City. Four wild cards, four division games, six championships, four Super Bowl appearances, two Super Bowl wins, and he's on the brink of potentially going to get his third. But it, 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 was, it, it didn't take long for him to get his team rolling and winning. He's got four Super Bowl appearances. So, and this is not to bash Sean McDermott. This is not like, all right, let me, it's not about that. It's about this leash that has been extended to Sean McDermott. I think is, it's, I think Pagula now is tightening that bitch. You got one, in my opinion, I think he's got one more year to get this shit together. I don't give a damn if I gave you an extension. You got one more year to get this done. One more year with this same crew. And Bill Cowher said it himself. I was coaching this team for 15 years, bro. And it got to a point. It got to a point where they've heard all the things I have to say. They've heard all my cliche lines. They've heard all my lines. They've heard all the stuff that I got to say where it gets to the point where you're like, I've exhausted everything. The message grows stale. So that's when I knew I was, I got to go. I got my championship. I got my Super Bowl that I needed. I, I was been wanting that Super Bowl. And he came back the year after. And that was it. Retired. But he got that Super Bowl. Because every coach wants to, to fight to get to there. Get to the Super Bowl. Get, it, get, get an actual appearance. Get a, a moment, an opportunity to win one. And right now, going into seven years, yo, that leash was long. It was long. We gave you an extension. It was long. Yo, that shit is tight as fuck right now. I'm talking about like you, you, uh, when you guys, I don't know. I don't have a dog. So when you guys watch, walk your dogs, you know, those, those extender leashes that kind of, you just press a button and kind of just let the dog roam. That's what Pagula gave to McDermott. Yo, I'm gonna let you roam, bro. Go do what you do. Now I'm reeling that shit back in. No, 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 no. You coming back in. It's tight now. It's tight. So this leash, I don't think Pagula is, is a fan of it now. Now he's like, okay, I think I'm giving you one more year. And at least that's my opinion. Because as an owner, if I'm looking at this as an owner, I'm looking at my, my peers, and, and I'm sure they have their luncheons, and, and they talk, and, and bro, I got rid of my coach after five, bro, because I saw it wasn't happening. Yo, good on you that you're able to do that. Good on you. Yo. That's a, that's a backhanded compliment, I'm sure. Yo, I don't have the patience for that shit. Yo, I got rid of mine, man. I, got, I went to the next guy. Look at the coaching. Look at the coaching right now. What's going on? Bro, ain't nobody wasting time with coaches these days. They're not. It's not. It's like, it's, it's just not happening. And Pugula gives me the impression that he lets football guys do football things. I'll stay out of it. I don't want to be a Jerry Jones where I'm, I'm meddling in your affairs. Or there comes a point where you're like, now nah, I got to step in and say, okay. Enough's enough. And I know he's not happy. The rumor's already out there. He is not happy. He likes Sean, but he's not happy with how things are going. So pressure is on. If you're talking about hot seat, in my opinion, I think Sean McDermott comes into the season on a hot seat. 
at first I was like, nah, he's off the hot seat. He he galvanized his guys. That is cool. For this season, you really did do that. But now you're on the hot seat. Because now this whole roster is going to be changed over. There's going to be new players coming in. You don't got no money. We're like 50 mil cap in cap hell right now. 40, 40 odd, just close to 50 mil. We're probably going to be running it back with the same squad. Not that as a problem because we're still a damn good team. But the results need to come. You at least need to make it to the AFC championship. At least. Minimum. All these divisional games is great. So seven years in with, Bills, with, with Sean McDermott, two wild cards, three division games, and one championship game. You're, you're making it to the playoffs, which we want. But we need results now. And this is a results-driven business. Results-driven business. And if you ain't giving me the results that I need, bro, there's going to be a decision I got to make. And what, made, what stood out to me and what made, really put this full circle for me was when Brandon Bean was, was asked, how does the pecking order work? Who reports to who? What happens exactly? Brandon Bean says, I report to Terry Pagula on my own. And Sean McDermott reports to Terry Pagula on his own. So when it comes to making a decision on that, it won't be Brandon Bean saying, you got to go. It's going to be straight. Pagula is going to be the one that says, yo, you out. I'm not doing this no more. Brandon Bean, go search for a coach that can get the job done. Period. And I think it's coming to that point. One, There's one last year where you got to do it. Because... It might be a situation, and it pains me to say this because I like McDermott. I'm a man McDermott. I like, I like his character, right? But it comes a time where sometimes you just need the, the, the person that's going to take this team over that hump, right? Steve Kerr did it. He came in. Mark Jackson had this team built, ready to go. They have Monte Ellis on that squad back in the day for those that don't really watch ball. Monte Ellis and them boys. You know what I mean, Rich, they had these, they had these boys. Ready to go. Just couldn't quite get, and then boom, out Mark Jackson, in comes Steve Kerr. You see what it is right now. Golden State is a, is a power, well, not right now. They're not a powerhouse now, but they were. They became a powerhouse where they were like, yo, this is a dynasty. This team is legit. Sometimes what it needs, what what it, what, had, what had to happen to uh, Tony Dungy? Tony Dungy, well-respected coach, really good coach and all that good stuff. You got to go. So what happens? Tony, Tony Dungy's out. Gruden comes in. Championship. It just changes. And here's the big thing. You went from a defensive-minded Tampa 2-type defense with Coach Dungy to offensive-minded coach with John Gruden, and there's your championship. Things I knew already, folks. It's not this is like news to me, right? But for the sake of having this conversation, those are things you got to bring up. And there's probably other op- there's probably other other examples that you guys can obviously bring up. But this is where we stand. Let me get a super chat in real quick. Bonds Goat. What's up, man? Imagine if we get Belichick. We'd never play scared on defense again. The mental side is what separates championship defenses from a choking one. Let's keep it a buck here now. Let's be real. Obviously, our defense didn't play to its potential. But we're also missing a lot of key pieces to really compete where we need to compete. Let's be honest. We'll have to be honest with that situation. But could you imagine Bill Belichick? Right now, Bill Belichick is having a hard time getting a job, number one, which is very odd. But also the, the atmosphere, the landscape, 
the way the NFL has been moving, the old dinosaur, you know what I'm saying? Like Bill Belichick style of, of coaching a team and running a team and, and potentially what he's asking for ain't cutting it. I mean, of all teams, Atlanta Falcons, I didn't think it was a good mix for him anyway. It just doesn't. And they're like, nah, we're going with Raheem Morris. Raheem Morris is more of a pulse of the players, gets it. He's well-respected around the league by the players. And away we go. You got an old-school coach in Bill Pelichick that wants complete control, from what I understand, from what I'm reading. Ain't nobody trying to give him that. So you got two more opportunities to get a, get a coaching gig. Washington Commanders, or what's the other gig that that doesn't have a that doesn't have a coach right now? I'm missing one team, Commanders and some other team. I can't I can't remember what it was. And right now, we don't know what's going on with that. But as for coaching, Belichick to the Bills that would be interesting. Maybe next year. You never know. Shout out to my man Jeff King. Salute for that super chat. You know I'm always appreciative. You're my guy. And I also got I also got to thank you for other things, but you already know what it is. Jeff King comes in and says, yes, he has too much validation without consequence. Ooh. And and what he's answering is they've given him, they've given Sean McDermott too much leash, is what it, and, and I think that I'm starting to get on that board of the leash part. I think he's a good coach, but they've given that long leash of that that pretty much do what you will and get us a championship as long as it takes. No, sir. We can't run that business anymore. So Jeff King is saying, yes, he has give, been given too much leash, too much validation for, without any consequence. Love Sean. He turned this shit around. However, in any business, there must be consequences for unmet goals. Ooh, that's a bar. Just business, folks. Not saying I want him gone, but need progress. Well, and that, prog- that progress is you at least need to get me to a damn AFC championship again. Yes, you've done it once, but I need that shit again. You can't just make it once and then, and then rest on your laurels of, I got you to an AFC championship, though. I don't, give, I don't give a damn about that. You got me to an AFC championship, and it's been divisional since. I'm sorry, bro. That ain't going to cut it. That ain't going to cut it. And the way we've been losing these games, that's, that's my, if we're getting blown out, okay, we're not ready. Go back to the drawing board. Let's see what we can. No. And everybody's talking about this was our best chance to win the championship. I don't agree with that. Our best chance to win the championship was that stupid 13-second game. I think that team was built to win the whole thing. Built to win the whole thing. We had the right pieces on that squad to, to win the whole damn thing. And we let off the, we let we let the freaking Kansas City Chiefs off the hook with passive defense. McDermott's side of the ball. Jeff came with another super chat. I appreciate you, Jeffrey. My guy. No, no sane man spends $3.5 billion for second and third place AFC East. Excuse me, for, for third place in the AFC every year. Oof, keep going. And that falls on Bean and McDermott. Agreed. You got this, you got this upcoming year. McDermott, find your Newt Rockney. Bean, find your Bill Polian, or you will be gone. Oof. And that's a fact. And I think. If anybody's given a leash, I think Brandon Bean is given a longer leash than Sean McDermott. I just, I just believe that. I think sh- Brent, if you're going to look at who does their job better or who does your job more efficiently, I think most would say Brandon Bean has done a, a good job with what he's done with his roster, what he's done I mean, to keep us competitive. 
Now, the last couple of years, we haven't been able to spend, and we're going into another year of not being able to spend again, which is kind of frustrating and annoying. But when we give money to aging players like Von Miller, this is what's going to happen. You take, you run that risk, and that was a risk he was he was willing to take. Now, the real question is, and we talked about this earlier, and by the way, I appreciate Jeff King for that because he's absolutely right. You got an owner that paid a lot of money for this team. I didn't pay $3.5 billion for this team for us to be a team that looks good at the beginning, falters in the middle, looks good at the end, and we ultimately don't make, we don't meet our goals, which is winning the damn championship. Now, meeting, winning a championship is difficult already. We already know that part. But there comes a time where you got Brad Pagula is just going to have enough. He's going to say enough. Now, I don't follow the, the Sabres. I don't know how long a leash he gave coaches out there. But what I do read is there's coaches leaving left, right, center. So I think he's – how many coaches has the – and now this is where you guys, the hockey people in here. How many coaches have – we'll just say in the year in the, the year that the Bills hired Sean McDermott, how many coaches have they had in that time span with the, with the Sabres? I'm not going to Google it. You guys probably know because you guys follow the thing. How many coaches? Have they only had one coach since? Has it been two? Has it been three? I don't know. But it seems that there's far less of a leash in hockey than they do with these Bills. No way. There's no way. They've had six coaches since the, the Pagula joined. Excuse me. Since no freaking way. No, nah, that's, that's wild. If that's, if that's true, that's wild. Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott joined in 2017. Since 2017, how many damn coaches have the Sabres had in between that time? Tell me it's not five to six, because that's crazy. The defense chokes every year. I'm tired of the excuses, bro. I, I'm starting to get there too, brother. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to cap. I'm, 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 I'm starting to get there. Golly, they've had three coaches since 2017. Thank you for that. Five and six seem very high. So since the Sabres, since 2017, Sean McDermott's been with the team since then. Obviously, he's had some success. But Pagula's made three different <laughs> coaching changes in that time span. So there's going to come a time when you're not giving me the results that I need, and I'm watching all my peers do very well. There's going to tell me, you let the Lions win the Super Bowl. Let the Lions win the Super Bowl. He's going to be like, all right, fam, no, nah, nah. Nah, bro. This ain't cutting it. So this leash needs to be tightened heavily because next year, this is it. You need to bring me a championship or it's a, it's a done deal because you, you have your quarterback, one of the best in the game. You have a young, you have a young running back. You got an elite receiver. And you know what I'm saying he didn't have a, a fantastic end of the year, but we all know that he's still, a, he's one of the best in the game. You got a young tight end that's going to be great. You got an intact O-line. Well, what are we talking about here? So there comes a time where you got to shoot or get out the pot. That's what it comes down to. That's what it comes down to. You got to get it together. So this leash that they've been given to Sean McDermott, yo, sorry, folks, tighten that bitch up. Because if you don't get it done, 
I would be on board if they said, you got to go. Whether we get to the AFC Championship game, and I don't care what kind of adversity we go through next year, because we're probably going to go through some adversity anyway. I don't care how much adversity we go to. I need a Super Bowl win. And Lord knows, I want, for me personally, my selfish reasons, I want my team to win a damn Super Bowl before I close these eyes for good. When the good Lord says it's time for you to go, my boy, did my bills win? Anything? <laughs> no, not yet. Give me time. No, I don't want that, bro. Give me a damn championship. I'm sick and tired of this bullshit, man. I can't have these Kansas City Chiefs go and try to get another one. Golly, I can't have that shit. I love Lamar. Lamar, Lamar is one of my favorites in the game. I can't have Lamar win a Super Bowl over my guy. Jared Goff is about to probably potentially go to a second, second Super Bowl appearance. Brock Purdy? Nah, bro. No. No, man. Yo, Sean. Quit, quit playing, bro. Quit playing. I need my I need my championship. I wanna I wanna get that t-shirt. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously, Buffalo Fanatics are gonna make our own t-shirts, but I want to get that official Super Bowl winning damn t-shirt, bro. What are we doing here? What are we doing here, folks? Man. I need mines. I go, Cap. I want my win. I want mines. And I want it now. Shout out to my man, Alton Venezuela. What's up, Alton? If the Lions win a Super Bowl before us, I'm going to be mad as fuck. <laughs> it's freaking possible, man. It's freaking possible. They've gone through some shit in the years. If they were to win the whole thing, I wouldn't be I would. I would be mad, but I wouldn't be mad. I would be mad, but I wouldn't be mad. So then I'm like... So then I started, so I started, I mean, this is just off the cuff here. You go back to the 90s Bills. Always had a good defense. Always. Complimentary defense. Had a run game with Thurman Thomas and had weapons at receiver. Bro, this is where Brandon Bean comes in. Brandon, you can't keep giving us, I mean, these, these less than, than average receivers and I don't, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to any of the guys on the squad, but you can't give me Stefan Diggs, Trent Sherfield. You know what I'm saying? Gabe Davis, to me, obviously he's better. He's better than Trent Sherfield. But you can't give me Trent Sherfield and then Deontay Hardy, and then you, you, you're swapping in Andy Isabella sometimes. Fuck, man. Come on. That's crazy to me. You're trotting out like me, Dion. I'm sorry, Dion. Uh, Delta Kincaid and obviously Dawson Knox. I, I get it. But like when Josh is sitting here looking at who he's got to throw to, because I'm like, I'm analyzing everything now. We're in the offseason and we're going to talk about all those things along the year. But Brandon, yo, you didn't help out in that, in that scenario. You did not help out. You didn't help your squad. You didn't help your quarterback by getting him Trent Sherfield and giving him Deontay Hardy. Khalil Shakir, thank goodness, has come on and starting to show, you know I me, mean, show his worth, and he's going to be big time next year. But golly, man, there was no help. No help, man. Thomas Logan says, Yo, Rico, absolutely right. We did not go to the Super Bowl until we got the J to until we got James Lofton. Think about it, man. Think about it. Go back to the 90s. So, well, somebody was, I was talking to somebody, and um, 
we're talking about, uh, and I'm, we're talking about scripture. And, uh, and for Christians in here, you guys will understand what I'm saying. And I'm paraphrasing here because I'm just trying not to get to it. But a lot of, a lot of the things, and I'm trying to correlate it so we understand. But a lot of, let me just put it this way without going into the scripture. A lot of the things that has happened, that are happening now has happened in the past. Let me just put it that way. So in order for the bills to get to where they needed, where they needed to go, they needed to add James Lofton. We'll say James Lofton, right? They had some pieces, but they needed that one extra piece to get him over the top. Bro, we're, we, needed, we need more help on the offensive side to get over the top. This is, a, this is a, a league that you need to put points on the board. You need to put points on the board. You need execution. You need a dog. You need all that stuff, man. And you can't just have Josh running gun all day. Now, that is part of his game, and this is what's going to bring me to my next segment. But you guys catch what I'm saying at the end of the day. It comes down to that. It really does come down to that. So I'll be right back. Bring some things up. We got to talk about uh, this, this whole, the topic of it is where do we go wrong? Because this is where I really want to get into it. The coaching was one thing. We're getting into where do we go wrong. So uh, we're going to be right back after these messages. Listen, the year is not over. You still have an opportunity to gain some cash flow. Put some money in your pocket. Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, Jared Goff, Brock Purdy, the defense, Devo Sam. Yo, there's a lot of money to be made out there, bro. This is your chance. Jump in on it. Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. In the Pick'em game, you can pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in that week's game for a chance to win big. And as you already know, I'm going Josh Allen higher in yards every single week. So sign up today with promo code Buffalo Fanatics and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store. And don't forget to register with promo code Buffalo Fanatics to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. All right, folks. Get yourself in on that action wherever you decide to, you know, put your expertise, jump in that. All right. So we're going into the next order of business, the next topic. But before we do, let me get my, my super chats in. Um, my man, Jeff King came back in with a super chat. What up, Jeff? Jeff comes in and says, yo, this is the last I will say. Pagula made his money because he's smart. He's also smart enough to know the players take money out of his pocket. The fans put it back in there. And if they're not paying for the product, your produce, time to change the product. Ooh, that's another bar. <laughs> and he's right. Because at the end of the day, folks, I'm going to leave this up. Everybody's about, everybody's about making their money. I don't care who you are from someone like myself as, as just some next man's to a billionaire the billionaire didn't get to being a billionaire without taking risk and making his money and sometimes you're gonna have to take your losses sometimes you're gonna have to continue to do something because you know in the back end you're gonna make something else right there's always some money to be made i don't go work my 80 hours just for the goodness of my heart you know what i'm saying i go there to make my bread right i don't do you know I mean, there's nobody, nobody's doing anything out of the goodness of their heart and putting their sweat 
their blood and all that good stuff. Unless you're volunteering, you're a great person. That's great. And you should volunteer. There's no, 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 doubt, no doubt about that. But ain't nobody doing things for free. There's something in return, especially if you're a businessman. You're about making your money. So if nobody's going to show up at my stadium because they're sick and tired, they don't want to show up to the to the Ralph or they want to show up to Highmark Stadium and they sure as hell don't want to show up to the pit, the new stadium that's being built, if the product has not changed, you're going to start getting annoyed. Right? It's just what it is. You can't continue to keep masking what it looks like during the regular season and roping us in and you give us the same freaking product at the end when it really should matter and count. Yes, he's making his money by bringing you guys to the stands and making you pay $80 for a stupid-ass T-shirt, which is way overpriced, but here we are paying for it. These ball caps, they, they catch my ass in it. This cost me, what, 50 bucks? Craziness, and this Canadian currency is craziness, by the way, right? All these things cost, right? So it's money back into the Pakulas, but at the end of the day, if we become sick and tired of it, and we start putting those paper bags over our heads, which I don't think is ever going to happen again. But start putting those paper bags with a sad face. Ain't nobody showing up. Something's got to change. And right now, things are good. But things got to be better. And it starts at the top. All the way down. So Brandon Bean, you need to start putting better, better, better people around Josh Allen to succeed. Whether you're, hand, you're handcuffed. You gotta, you gotta do better because Deontay Hardy, honestly, other than, other than honestly, I can think of two plays he made all year that I was like, all right, that was that was nice. The punt return touchdown that sealed the victory over Miami, and then he had a he had a thirty one yard reception in the in the Pittsburgh game. I think it was the Pittsburgh game. Yeah, thirty one reception in the Pittsburgh game. That's what I remember from Deontay Hardy all year. Trent Sherfield, can you guys honestly give me something you remember from Trent Sherfield all year? I'll give you one. The touchdown reception when he had to concentrate and bring it into the end zone. That's all I remember from Trent Sherfield all year. What do you remember? And this is not even hate. This is what it is. If Trent Sherfield were listening right now, he'd be like, he's right. He's right. But there's plays that made that you didn't see. I don't care. What did I see on the field that impacted us to get further or to help your quarterback? I didn't see diddly squat from those cats. Unless I'm wrong, unless you guys can point out, no, 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 Rico, you forgot about when Trent Sherfield did. No, 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 but what about when Deontay? You know what I remember? A ball hitting you right on your left bicep. Boom. You couldn't have asked for a better ball put on you. Right on your left bicep, right? Bro, right here. Boop. Fan. It almost reminds me of the same ball that was thrown to Gabe Davis in the divisional round game against the Bengals last year. Down the left sideline, the ball was actually on the money. Had he made that, had he made that catch, seriously speaking, had he made that catch, I think it kind of would have changed the landscape of that Bengals game. Because it's still within, it was still within, the game was still a game at that moment. But I cannot remember any memorable plays for any of these receivers on this squad. Can't. So, which brings me to my next segment. Thank you for that super chat, by the way. Jeff King, appreciate you. Always bringing conversation in, which I love. Where did the Bills go wrong this year? And this stems from, and you, if you want to stem it back for further, go right ahead and let me know. Right? 
but you can hashtag your response in there. And if I can, if I can catch it in the chat, I definitely will. You know, I will, but where do we go wrong? Where the hell did the bills go wrong? So I was able to go on Twitter and, uh, and try to gain some perspective from some, some folks. So Josh Allen's elbow, he comes in and says injuries to Milano and Trey and Daquan Jones. Then when they started to fought to bond their new identity or find their new identity, they were all decimated by injuries. Dude, those injuries back to back to back to back like that, that hurt. That hurt. That one hurt a lot. We lost, didn't we lose two of them in one game? That one hurt. Here's another one. Andrew Tadros. Shout out to Andrew Tadros. He's probably in the chat right now. It went wrong when McDaniel kept his starters in down a billion. Trey got hurt on a stupid fourth down attempt. Ooh. When Trey went down, man, it kind of deflated the team. It really did because you knew how hard he worked. It deflated the fan base because he was playing so well. He just, he had, he came back the year before, was not quite the same, but you know, he was getting back to it. This whole offseason, he worked his tail off just to have his Achilles go. And now he's going to try to come back and now we got to make a decision. Brandon Bean's got a tough decision to make. And it's a very important decision. You're going to hang on to this guy? Or are you going to are you going to move on from him? Because now he's got sometimes he's got this, this remorse that he has where oh, Wyatt Taylor, I let him go too soon. So now I'm holding on to everybody I got. Fam, move on from that Wyatt Taylor situation. We get it. You held on to Cody Ford way too damn long. I'm you're lucky you even got something for that, brother. Sometimes you just gotta you just gotta let it go. You just got to. So in this situation with Trey White, whether he comes back the same or not or whatever, it's the nature of the ugly business. And by the way, we save $6 million if we move on from him. I'm not saying I like it. I'm just saying that's what it is. Now, that being said, when you're looking at where we went wrong, you got to keep it rolling. Check this out. Hold on a sec here. Let me bring another one in here. Paul Schmidt. Lately, I've been thinking it went wrong when we didn't get D-Hop. If Bean could have offered him a few more mil, he would have helped us this year tremendously. How do you guys feel about that? Because I always felt that we needed someone else to pair with Josh Allen. Having those two on the same team, Josh Allen would have been, listen, if they want to double team over here, I'm going to say, then you had Dalton Kincaid. And you had Dawson Knox, you add that one last piece. I know he wanted some money. And we weren't willing to add that money. We weren't willing to do it. But there, I'm sure there were some places that we could have sacrificed to give him that dough. Knowing what we know now. I know at that point we're like, ah, we're not gonna do it. But knowing what we know now, would you have made that 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 little bit of okay, I gotta take some off the back end or restructure somebody to give him that money? I would have done it. Knowing what I know now and knowing how the season ended. I would have done it. Yeah, but you don't know if Gabe Davis was going to, and we don't know Trent Sherfield. I, I knew. When you brought in Deontay Hardy, I was like, huh? Deontay Hardy, that's a lot of money for, okay, maybe we're going to use him for speed. We need some speed. We need someone that's going to replace Isaiah McKenzie. Okay, I get it. Nothing. Okay, Trent Sherfield, Miami liked him. He had some pretty good moments with Miami. Okay, this is going to be nothing. Come on now. So I says, yo, we needed one more dog on this team. Hopkins would have been a perfect fit. They didn't want to do it. I, I said that also, being holding the trigger too tight. Jeff B., you know what's up, man. 
One one more piece could have been the difference all year round. Because look what was happening. To the point where you, when you have to bring up, and no disrespect, but when you have to bring up Andy Isabella, because we just don't got nobody to call. Come on, fam. That's when you know. And I get it. I, I absolutely get it. Oh, we ain't got the money for that. Yo, there's always the money for that. We didn't have the money for, for Von Miller. We didn't have the money for Von Miller, but we made the splash to get Von Miller. And Von Miller hasn't been the same since he injured himself. Obviously valid, because that's just what it is. So could we have gone that route to get D-Hop? I think that was an underrated one. This one right here, underrated. I think if we were able to get D-Hop, things may have changed. Here's another one. I get the impression that this failure was not a hard blow to the team. Bean and McDermott look passive, as always, and with the same speech, the team needs a change in his culture, and this looks like the same as always. Disappointing. So I put that in there because you're like, where did it go wrong? He's talking about, listen, these decision-making. McDermott, passive, right? Passive with the checkbook, passive defensively. So those were the few clips that I, that I grabbed. So here's where I think we went wrong. First and foremost, I didn't like how... I got to word this properly. No, I'm not going to word it properly. I'm just going to say what it is. I didn't like how Stefan Diggs was all Aussie, was, was chatty Cathy all over the mics. You know what I'm saying? And this, and talk about the team, and da 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 You know what I'm saying? That's your business that you're in the offseason. You know what I'm saying? And the excuse was, well, I didn't, we just go home. And we just go do whatever. I don't know about y'all, but whenever we went in the offseason, I didn't have to talk to my boys every day, but I'd send a text, be like, yo, what you doing? Let's hang out. Let's do whatever. Yo, I'm going to be in, in, in Cali. I'm going to be in whatever. Yo, you there? Yo, y'all didn't go all offseason without talking? That's your bestie? Come on, sir. Nah, bro. <laughs> I am buying it, man. And it started from there. And most people are going to say, what? You're going you're gonna to say that this, it started with that? That meticulous, that trickles into the season. They may have, they may have masked it all in the offseason in the first few games. But then after week eight, week nine, Bro, you saw it. The proof is in the pudding right in front of your eyes. The chemistry between Diggs and, and Josh was off. They might be cool, but they're not a, they, they don't seem as cool like they were two years ago, hugging each other and, you know what I mean, like a bromance and all that stuff. There was no bromance this year. Did you see it? I certainly didn't. And they made it, they made it very clear in front of us how close they were. You can see it. All those handshakes and all that shit. I didn't see any of that. <laughs> so I personally didn't like all that chatty Kathy business I was going on with, with Stefan Diggs. And I think that trickled into this into the season. Now, whether you want to say it affected it or didn't, had it, I think it had a little bit to do with it. Had a little bit to do with it. Here's another one. <laughs> Jeff King's like, I lied. <laughs> Here's another one for you. It's, by the way, this is great conversation, by the way. Shout, shout out to everybody tuned in. Smash that like as you guys are in here because we're, we're, we're kind of getting into the offseason flow of what, where do you think things went wrong, right? And here comes Jeff King. Jeff King says, I lied. I got one more. We have, we have to stop relying on players of lesser talent stepping up. Ooh. If you got it, you got it. 
If you don't, you don't. Prime example might be, and this is this is controversial still because we're still unsure of what we have in Kyir Elam. You just keep, as Jeff B said, you walk into a you, you walk into a bar fight. You pick the toughest. You, you pick your toughest friends, not ones that might step up. You do that, someone gets their ass kicked. That's damn sure. Hey, I'm about to go in uh, and whoop ass, and this dude was disrespecting me. You win. You need that friend that's about it. Always. You know what I'm saying? What's the saying where if you meet someone, I'm sorry, if you, one of your friends, you, you go to your friend and you say, yo, man, I did something, and, and don't ask any questions. I got two shovels. Let's go. If you have a friend that says, all right, yo, I'll, tell, I'll drive. They don't, even have any, they don't even ask any questions. That's your ride or die. That's what's up. If you have that friend that's like, well, hold on. Where are we going? Uh, okay. Um, is, there any ga- is there any gas in the car? Okay, we just got to. Like, yo, don't even ask any questions, right? So you want that dog next to you. No, whose car are we taking? You know what I mean? That's what you're trying to find out. Yo, whose car are we taking? Yo, my car is bigger. You good? Sure, let me bring the tarp. <laughs> Whatever. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's, what's how, that's what I'm talking about. Yo, whose car are we taking? If your boy comes to you and says, yo, we got to roll, yo, how far are we going? Like, I need to know how much, like, yo, do I need to bring extra tanks in the car? Like, what are we doing? That's what you need, man. So, to me, we went into these bar fights with guys that might step up. Deontay, you ready to step up? I don't really talk. I don't say much. I need a mother effing dog, man. If you're not going to say a whole lot, then the dog in you needs to show up on the field. Tell me I'm fucking lying when I say that shit. If you're not a dog vote like verbally, cool. I'm good with that. But show me the dog that you are on the field. You ain't got to do a lot of talking. Barry Sanders did not do a lot of talking in the media, but he was a dog on the field. All his talk was done on the field. Tell me I'm lying. <laughs> What's Ronald Rubin saying? Ronald said, Rico's still trying to delude us about McDermott. Nah, man. I'm off the McDermott train. You should. You got to catch the beginning of the show. We're talking about where shit went wrong. Diggs is a bar fight guy, and a dog is a, <laughs> and a dog. It's the coach of McDermott is holding the boys back. And that could be. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Here's another thing where I think things went wrong. Right? And we're talking about it. So if you have things that you want to tell me right now, tell me where you think things went wrong. Okay? Things went wrong when... Ken Dorsey, McDermott is part of this thing too, and so is Brandon Bean. They're all complicit when they try to change the type of quarterback that we were getting from Josh Allen. We don't want Josh Allen to run anymore. We need him to be careful. We need him to this, and we need him to that. So we're going to not allow him to run. You remember the beginning of the year? We're like, yo, who is this new quarterback, man? We're not letting Josh be Josh, man. Let him be who he is. It took firing Ken Dorsey and realizing that a, we need to run the freaking ball and B we need to include Josh Allen in running the football. We were at the beginning of the year, allowing just not wanting him to run. We need you to be a quarterback. We need you to just stay, stay behind center and just throw the football. Let these, let these guys behind you run it, but we're letting them, we're throwing them. We're giving the football 10 times a game, 12 times a game. Ken Dorsey, are you kidding me? No, man, that's, I think, where we absolutely went wrong. That's where I think, that's where, like, I could talk about Diggs and the, all the chatting he was doing all offseason. 
that's a whole nother ballgame. That's just a me thing. I just thought that that was just too much for me. But where we absolutely went wrong is when we tried to change the way Josh Allen quarterbacks. We're just going to make you a pocket passer. Run when you need to. Like, how many design runs were we asking for? Yo, where are the design runs for this guy? We're not even doing any design. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Runs. What's going on? He was a different quarterback, man. You you made him to a drop back quarterback. He can be a drop back quarterback, but he's most dangerous when you as a defender have to guess if he's going to take off or he's not. When they knew that the jig was up, oh, he's a different quarterback, man. We ain't got to do that, guys. Yo, back it up. Let's play zone because he ain't running. So we can turn our back. Let's play man to man. We can turn our backs and we don't got to worry about this man's running. The minute. The new offensive coordinator came to town and, and, and Joe Brady. Joe Brady was like, no, no, no. We're going back to the way you do shit and we're going to rock it. Guess what? We started doing what we needed to do. We started ripping games, uh, game after game after game. Does Josh have to be a little more careful? Yes. But you got to let Josh be the man to determine that shit. Don't be telling him how to quarterback. You changed, you changed his DNA of who he is. Can't do that, man. Let him be him. So, to me, that's the one place that we went wrong this season, which shaped the season the way it is, because, to me, that's craziness. Here's another thing. This Shout out to my man Bobby that said this, right? And we're, we're talking in the, in the group chat. And when, you, when, I, when I had to say it back to myself, I was like, yeah, that's, that shit is wild, man. You're right about that. That shit is wild. So, when you're supposed to be a good-ass team, you're supposed to be, I mean, the Buffalo Bills. When you're telling me, you also, and here's a quote, he says, you also can't be a playoff team, and sorry, you can't be in playoff mode six weeks before the damn playoffs even starts. How are you going to tell me you're, you're a, a championship type of team, but my playoff starts Six weeks before the actual playoffs because we're in desperation mode. That's a problem. That's a major problem. We shouldn't even have to. Were we like that last year? Heck no, we weren't. We were in control. But we are six and six and we're like, playoff starts now. What? 12, 12 weeks into the game? Into the season? And we're in playoff mode at that point? Nah, bro. No, sir. You're not a championship team if you're starting to freaking starting now. Hey, starting right now, we're in championship mode. We're, we need to start winning every fucking game. What? Bro, this is where you're supposed to be fine-tuning. Finding your identity about, around week 12. So by week 17, 18, you ready to go, i.e. Baltimore Ravens, i.e. Detroit Lions. I can't believe I just said that, i.e. San Francisco. Come on now. Sunday and Tuesday, Rico had me a little. <laughs> guys, I'm not always going to agree with whatever you guys say. You guys know this by now. You guys should know me by now. But if I'm saying some real shit, you know I'm going to say some real shit. 
And this is this has to be one of them. But like you can't be, and I'm not taking credit for this because my man Bobby said it, and that's fucking facts, man. Don't tell me you're a championship caliber team when playoff mode starts when you're in six and six. What about the Atlanta Falcons? <laughs> what? And the fact that we the fact that we <laughs> we're always good, man. You know we always good. The fact that we were in that position in the first place, crazy to me. It's crazy to me. Now, I know you guys are saying, well, hold the coach accountable. Trust me. Next year, because the, the year is done. The year is done. And the way the year ended and the way that, you I mean, these conversations are happening, like there's, there's only so much you can kind of say, okay, chalk this up to injuries because it is a big issue. It is a big deal. It's a very big deal because this year changes. Let's, everybody wants to talk, well, but that's excuses. No, those are the facts, people. All right? Those are the facts. Out of the three teams right now that's in the playoffs right now, the three teams in the playoffs right this second. Let me just read the tweet. Let me read the message right off the bat so you guys know exactly where I'm, where I'm coming with this. Because everybody wants to say we're making excuses, but these are not excuses. This is You want to talk about, like, you got to score points in this game? You do. You have to score points in this game if you want to be relevant. However, however, give me a second. Somebody said, with all due respect. Whenever someone says, with all due respect, they're about to disrespect me. <laughs> Bill's Mafia says, yo, all due respect, Rico, but Tampa was seven and six and went rolling into a chip. Yeah, but listen, did you see that division? That division was tight right from the, right from the start. So, like, anybody could have got it. So, like, at that point, like, you're on your toes. You're on your toes. And it, it was just like, that divi- that's a division. It's a weird division. But you had Atlanta in that one. Uh, Tampa, uh, New Orleans. It was just a weird division. But regardless, at seven and six, like, come on now. And and Tampa's no no disrespect to Tampa, but like, I don't think anybody's really expecting much from Tampa. You weren't re- really expecting much after Tom Brady left. You weren't really expecting. Okay, Baker Mayfield's over there. All right, cool. We'll see how they do. You don't know. The Bills were supposed to do well. You got Josh Allen. You have the one of the best quarterbacks in the game. You should not be six and six and barely beating Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Bucks with a freaking Hail Mary that almost put us in a loss. If Goodwin just went like this, he would have caught that thing. Nah, man, I can't. I mean, I get what you're saying, Mafioso. But it's not the same. It really isn't the same. Any chances your next season head coach of the of the hot seat will start with six and six fire the head coach? Listen, I'm gonna tell you right now, he's starting. I, I'm already putting him on the hot seat. That's just me. If it's not hot, it's super, super warm. But he's got a lot of there's a lot of pressure on McDermott, for me at least. They may not look at it that way, but for me, Pagula has to be looking at this way. You can't go 0-3 against the guy that I gave up the 10th draft pick. I gave up the 10th pick so you can build your defense. And now the same guy that I gave up the draft pick is whooping my ass every division, every year. You're the defensive coach. I gave you cat blanche to do what you need to do to get this defense in order. All right, you've been a very good defense. You got yourself a quarterback, but why are we still losing? Why are we still losing? Oh, you don't have the answers? Then maybe I'm going to have to find someone that does have the answers. You got one year to get the shit together. If I'm Pagula and I'm a businessman, because businessmen are ruthless, you can't be a nice guy in business. I don't know. Because if you're a nice guy, you're going to lose all your money. I'm not a business guy, so I wouldn't know. Right? But I, I assume business people have to be ruthless at one point. So Pagula is going to have to be ruthless and say, 
cool. You got your defense. You got your quarterback. You got your young, your young nucleus of a team. So what's happening? Why are we losing? No, I'm hearing crickets. I need to. I don't want to hear crickets. I want to hear you, McDermott. Why are we losing? Why? Straight up, man. Those are the questions I'm sure Pigwood is asking. And if he's not asking those, he's got to ask those. Oh, by the way, Brandon Bean, get in here too. Why are we losing? I would love to be a fly in the wall if Pagula just asked that question. And he better not say, well, we had injuries. I get the injuries. But what about last year? What about the year before that? Why are we losing? Why? <laughs> what, what does McDermott say? Well, um, I fired me. I, I, I got rid of the problem. I got, rid, I got rid of the problem. All right, cool. You got rid of the problem. Leslie Frazier, sure. You want to blame it on Leslie Frazier? Cool. Why are we losing? Oh, so what? Do you want to now get rid of strength and conditioning? <laughs> Yo, there's going to come a time where, like, all right, we can't be moving from, from, from folk to folk and putting blame. And we're all over the place. Yo, you got to answer. You got to come up with some answers. And this is the year. This is the year. That's it. You don't get it done. Fam. Hit the road. Because I can give you enough leash if you were giving me AFC championship game. You know what I mean? You gave me a Super Bowl appearance. Even if we lost in the Super Bowl, you gave me that. Cool. I can give you more leash. But we're, A, not making it to the AFC championship or a Super Bowl appearance. And we're losing to Pat Mahomes. We're 0-3. And then we lose to Burrow in the way we did. Yo. We got, we got shit to talk about. So the question is, why are we losing? Why aren't we winning these games? And until you can figure that out for me, and you don't, you got next year to figure it out. I want my Super Bowl. And if you don't get it, you're gone. But I need more time. I give you seven years. Seven years is it. Don't they tell you in, in any workplace that you've ever worked? And there's some places that there's some people that work in the same place for 30 years, same company for 30 years or 35 plus years. But they never, they, very rare do you see someone stay in the same position. If they do, kudos to you. But they always tell you, seven years, switch departments. So you're never just doing the same shit all over again. There's something new, right? Seven, seven to eight years, switch departments. Be in another department, something completely different. You could be in the same company, but switch departments. Bro, seven years? I don't know if anybody's been in the same job for a long period of time in the same position. Because there's, there's promotions, right? You never stay in one position. If you're a police officer, you've been a police officer for 35 years, right? Maybe you're, you're a beat cop. I think that's what they call them now. And then you move up to what? Sergeant, maybe? Maybe you move to the, 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 the crimes and, and whatever. Like, you move, you move around. Seven years, bro. Especially because you're not... And seven years and you haven't given me what I needed? Bill Belichick, 20, what, 24 years with, with, with uh, New England? 24 years with New England? That's a freaking long time. Guess what? He's got six championships to say. Gotcha. At least I got you six championships. Come on now. Shout out to my girl, Laura. What's up, Laura? Can't chat tonight, but hey, fam, we'll catch the replay. Appreciate you, Laura. This 
loaded. I can't lie. Receivers were okay, but we were well-rounded, and we were 6-6 six six at one point. Can't be doing that shit. Of course we can't. That's why this year, McDermott is on the hot seat for me. I like him. You guys, I've been on record. You guys know I like him. I mess with that guy. I like his character. I like who he is. Just can't. And it's just simple as that. When McDermott, when Pagula says, why are we losing? And why can't we get over the hump against Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes? And you don't have an answer for me? I may have to go find someone that does have an answer for me. You got one year to get this up and get this thing cleaned up. So both of y'all, Bean, McDermott, one of y'all figure it out. Both of y'all figure it out. All right? Cool. Break. So where we went wrong, going back to where we went wrong in the situation, is, is right off the bat when they changed the style play of Josh Allen, making him not a quarterback that passes the football and excuse that doesn't run the football, just strictly a passer. We went wrong right there. Here's another one. Here's another place where we were, where we were wrong. McDermott should have got rid of Ken Dorsey sooner than he did. He waited a game or two too long to move on from him. If you saw that the team was growing stale from this, bro, and it started a little bit the year prior to that, then you should have been kind of paying attention to see what's going on. And the Denver game, you, you were already growing tired of him before the Denver game. But you, you gave him one more game to try to get it going. Bro, when you're in that, I need to give you one. You should have moved on from him. Because had you moved on from him, had you moved on from him sooner, we would have been in, in, in a better situation. Check this out. When you look at what we were doing, season long, right? That Den, When we went against Denver, Denver was, was Denver? Denver was week 10, right? That Cincinnati game, even going back to the Tampa game, we barely, I don't want to say we barely won that one, but that was a, that was a good win, but we weren't as, as polished as we would, like, we would like to be. Even, even back at the, at the Giants game, even back at the Giants game, we were like, I don't know about that, right? So for me, if you, got, if you moved on from him, and this is knowing what we know now, by the way. I'm not saying, well, in hindsight, no, no. Knowing what we know now, I probably would have moved on from him. That Cincinnati game, you're done. You're done, Cincinnati. Because that's when the chatter started. The chatter started, it started around New England, Tampa, when we lost to New England. Then we won in Tampa. Then we lost in Cincinnati. That's when I would have been like, all right, man, it's not working out. And then we would have had the Denver game. We would have won that Denver game. Then we went into the Jets game. Look at that. Joe Brady took over right here. Here's where Joe Brady took over. Joe Brady took over here. Then we went against Philly. We should have beat Philly, and we all know that, right? Miscommunication between him and, and, uh, and Gabe Davis, which, is, which happened a lot this year, by the way. I don't know what the hell was going on with that. And then we just, we just went on a run. We ripped it and went on a run. So where we went wrong, not letting go of Ken Dorsey sooner because we should have let go of him way sooner. That's another way. So number one for me is obviously Diggs is not the number one, but Diggs chatter in the offseason. I hated that. I just I wasn't a big fan of that. I think it trickled in, right? Changing the way Josh Allen plays quarterback should have done that. Should let him be the way. Do what he do, right? You can tweak here and there, but you didn't have to say, "Yo, I don't want you to be a runner. I want you to kind of pass." That's not his game. He came out of college doing that shit. You can't just change him that way. 
Nah, bro. It's like you take you changing some guy like Drew Brees and say, yo, uh, I want you to, you know what I mean, do more RPOs and keep the ball this time. I want you to keep the ball because we'll never see it coming. Get out of here with that, man. Yo, Josh is a rhino, bro. You give him that football and you let him do what he does. You took away that from him, and that's what kind of deter- deterred him from being greater than he was actually this year. Right? These turnovers. I mean, that's that's Josh. Josh does that, but I think he was turning the more the ball more over before beforehand. He just went out just a nut He just became a rampage, just giving the ball up, right? Then he ran himself in a little bit, especially last two, four games. He was cool. Neither there nor here, okay? Changing the way he does that. We should have got rid of Ken Dorsey sooner. Maybe a game sooner changes everything. Changes everything. Maybe we get a shot at the number one seed. Probably not, but we, you, just, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe a game, like, it was around that time, man. Ken Dorsey, moving on from Ken Dorsey, we could have done that, all right? Here's another one. Things really changed this year, right? Week five. Week five, everybody can talk about all they want to talk about, but week five was when everything changed. That was the NFL sending us to London, but not only sending us to London, sending us to London to play a Jaguars team that was there for two weeks so they used us as a guinea pig to figure how, okay, will the Jaguars, is, does it make a difference if they're there two weeks as opposed to a team that's coming in with no sleep and, and messed up with sleep and all that good stuff? Let's see how this plays out. It didn't play well for us at all. A, we lost the game. They were well-rested. And we lost two big-time players that game. Did we not lose Milano that game and Daquan Jones in the same game? And then what was it? Two games before that? Was it two games or three games before that? Let me go back. I just got to look at the... Anyway, we lost Trey White. Which game did we lose Trey White? Trey White was lost the Miami game. Was he lost in the Miami game? Was it, was it Miami we lost him? We lost, we lost three key players in the span of two weeks. Or was it the Washington game? I can't remember which one it was. If you guys remember, please let me know. I can't, I can't recall. Was it week four? Was it Washington or was it was it Miami? Because I remember it was it was a game where we just didn't need to have him in there and he was in. I'm like, come on. It was Miami. So Miami week four, Jacksonville week five. We lost three key players in the span of two weeks. We'll call it a week and a bit because it's near the end of the game. That shaped the defense right from there. We did. We were not the same. We were not the same defense which really sucks because we could have we could have really had those guys stayed healthy bro it's a different ball game completely different ball game Ugh, you're making excuses i am making no excuses those are the facts it would have been maybe if we lost trey fine but we had milano to kind of shore up that defense him along bernard they're playing extremely well with each other we could have made it happen Put Kyrie Elam in there, try to get him developed, and okay, well, we'll do all right, right? That never happened. So we lose Trey. Then the following week, we lose two dudes. So we lose the, the, the depth of our defensive line. Then we lose a linebacker on top of that. The week before, we use a, our starting tr- corner. Bro, that deflates the defense and then puts more pressure on the offense, which, granted, they should have had the pressure to begin with. I mean, not, not necessarily. And this is why I bring this up. Right, I'm talking about this defense and all these injuries because out of the three of the four def- the teams that are in this playoff right now, 
sorry that I'm I'm bouncing back and forth because I had to I wanted to make sure that I, I, I sent this to you guys so you guys see it. Out of the three te- out of the four teams in the playoffs right this second, let me just get my uh my statistics in there. There we go. So out of the out of the four teams that are in the playoffs right now, there are three teams that have the fewest points given up per game. Ravens, Chiefs, 49ers. So to say, and it's it's tough because we were putting Josh Allen in the bat in a tough position. Like, we need you to be flawless, man. This defense is not cutting it. We're not gonna do well. But like, had we been healthy, had we been the team we're supposed to be, we'd be right there with these boys in this championship. Because we would have had a top, top defense for sure. But this is the way the cookie crumbles, man. This is the way it is. A lot of these times we want to talk about these offenses, but these defenses, they carry. You, how many times did the freaking New England Patriots defense carry or at least carry along and help along New England and Tom Brady? There's some, there's some games Tom Brady was just not that great. But that defense kept it together and Tom Brady's clutch and he comes in with clutch moments and bingo, Bob's your uncle. Those injuries are devastating, bro. Those injuries killed us on defense. I'm okay. Let's keep it real. So that's to me, those are the those are the three places that we went wrong. Changing Josh Allen. Those, Josh Allen was is just you, you changed the way he did things. Ken Dorsey could have moved on from Ken Dorsey a lot sooner. Maybe, maybe two games sooner. If you saw that this the team wasn't responding. Josh Allen, every every freaking uh press conference, Josh Allen just looks sad. He was just looking sad. The minute Joe Brady came in, he was upbeat, ready to go. You got to be able to read that, McDermott. I mean, as, as a head coach, kind of feel the pulse of your team. But who am I to talk? I'm talking from the sidelines. So not, my words don't mean diddly squat, right? And then lastly, obviously, Josh Allen, Ken Dorsey, not doing that. And those injuries, man. But where we went wrong is those injuries. We went wrong with, with just not enough depth. Uh, and more specifically, not enough depth at the receiver position. Right, the injuries happen on defense. We get that part, but at the end of the day, we didn't have enough depth to help out our our quarterback and Josh Allen. Trent Sherfield was just not enough. Deontay Hardy, not enough. Gabe Davis, there's games where he went multiple games without receptions. Not good enough. Absolutely not good enough. You just can't have it. You just can't have it. I'm about to I'm about to just double check something here because I'm curious. How many games? This year, did Gabe Davis go without a freaking reception? I really, I, I hope it's not as high as I think it is. I, for some reason, I think it might be higher than I'd like it to be. Because he had 45 receptions this year. Seven touchdowns, 45 receptions. And out of, the, out of his 18-game schedule, obviously, you know he missed, a, he missed some time at the end of the season. Waiting for this thing to show up here. So, this year, how many games did he go without a reception? One, two, three. There's no way. It can't be that high. Actually, it is that high. One, two, three, four, five games this year without a reception. Five games this year without a reception. Bro. 
Way too many. <laughs> Five games without a reception? Two targets against Miami. One target against Dallas. Obviously, I mean, I'll give him, I'll give him that because we only, what, Josh only had like seven, seven completions. So maybe I'll give him that. Two targets against Kansas City in that 20-17 win. We beat Kansas City without Gabe Davis getting a damn reception. Come on, man. No targets, no receptions against the Jets with Sauce Gardner. He had two targets, no receptions against the Bengals. Nah. Come on, bro. That don't work. One reception against, excuse me, against the Washington Commanders when we beat the Commanders. He had four targets, one reception. One reception's five targets against New England in that loss. We had two receptions against New England in the win. Bro. And, and no disrespect because we're like, we need, a, we need a number two receiver. A number two receiver should not go five games with zero receptions. Oof, that's cold. That's cold. <laughs> oh, that's cold. But real talk, we can't go five games with zero receptions and then have another seven games with one or less receptions. That's wild. That's wild to me. So you want to know where the season went wrong? <laughs> if you really want to talk about it, there it is. There's And, here, and I'm going to give you some more. So... Gabe Davis, our number two receiver, I'm not putting the season on him. It's not that I'm putting the season because it doesn't sound fair. That I'm saying the season went wrong with Gabe Davis, but it didn't help. You got seven games where you had one reception or zero. No bueno. No bueno. Trying to, trying to freaking make Josh Allen to just a pocket passer and not letting him run, big mistake. Big time mistake. And you should have got rid of Ken Dorsey way sooner. Should have got rid of him so way sooner, knowing what you knew with who you had in Joe Brady. You know the team was rocking with Joe Brady. He's younger. He's vibrant. He's doing it. He should have an opportunity to get the, the offensive coordinator job right now. I don't think you should hand it to him because you did that to Ken Dorsey. You handed it to him because Josh Allen said, I like him. So now Josh Allen is telling you, I like Joe Brady. You can't just hand him the job. You got to go out and make sure you, you get everybody. Thad Lewis. <laughs> Thad Lewis is interviewing for, for the job. And that, that's crazy. Full circle, right? But anyway, that's something that I do. And uh, he's probably going to get another gig somewhere. Uh, Gabe Davis is probably going to go somewhere else. I know he says he wants to come back, but ain't no way. How can you come back? You got to go elsewhere, man. You got to see where your, worth, where your worth is at. Will I be disappointed if they bring Gabe Davis back? I'd be lying if I said I would. I I was mad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad that he if they were to make bring him back, but I'd be kind of disappointed to be like, really. And he's gonna demand the bag. He's going to demand the bag, and I have my once once the decision is made. I have a story that I will share uh, once he's not on the squad anymore because I don't know if he's gonna come back or not. Because then that would defeat what I think is gonna happen. But I already know what's gonna happen. He he will go. Now the question is, if he does go. Are they going to bring him to Miami? 
will he go to Kansas City? I could totally see him go to Kansas City. I, David Coolidge, you said it. I could totally say see him go to Kansas City, but we'll see. We'll see. That'd make me not be a fan of him because I already hate Kansas City. Kansas City has surpassed the Jets for me in teams I, I dislike. Teams I dislike, Kansas City is way up there for me. Number one. Can't stand him. Shout out to my man, Bobby. What's up, Bobby? <laughs> Bobby, I was just sharing. I was sharing with the folks what you said earlier in the group chat when you said, hey, you can't consider yourself a, a playoff team when you're telling people my playoff starts now when you're six and six. Your playoff starts now at six and six and you're supposed to be championship caliber team. Nah, bro. That shit don't fly. That shit don't fly. It's not going to fly. But Gabe Davis goes to KC. You're dead to me. <laughs> that's not that's not that's not very nice for me to say, but you're dead to me. I don't care. You go to Kansas City, you ain't my friend. It's no different than if you go to the Jets or you go to freaking New England. The minute the minute Gilmore went to New England, done. The minute 7 Eleven went to New England, done. I don't think I don't think anybody's gone to New England where I was like, oh, I still like him. Everybody that's gone from a Bills uniform into a New England uniform, not a fan. Not whatsoever. Straight, I, I'm being for real. I'm being dead ass. Shout out to my guy, Jeff King. Jeff King, you said you was your last one, man. I feel bad now, brother. But you're on a roll, so let's keep it rolling. This is what McDermott and Bean should keep in mind. If this doesn't work out, they had Josh Allen and to date couldn't get it done. Head coaches get recycled all the time into the NFL as coordinators. GMs, 3.5% of them get another shot. Step it up this year. Let me tell you something. Let me let me let me uh, let me keep going off of that. And I and I know this is where you're going with it in so many words, but I'm gonna put it like this. You're not gonna find just another Josh Allen hanging around that you can pick up in the draft or some free agency. You ain't gonna find that shit nowhere else. You'll find another McDermott. You'll find another, you'll find another Belichick. Maybe not, maybe so. You'll find another Staley. You'll find another Jim Harbaugh. You'll find another John Harbaugh. You'll find other good coaches. There, there's a lot of them coming up in the grassroots, right? Jared Mayo may turn out to be a great one. You never know. You will find another one of these good coaches, but you ain't going to find number 17 somewhere. Good luck. We went 20 years looking for a Josh Allen. We finally got him, and you want to punk out and, and not have answers? Because really what the end of the day is you don't have answers. You don't have answers for Pat Mahomes. You don't have answers for Andy Reid. You don't have answers. And the one time you did have an answer, which was number 17, we couldn't get the job done because we decided to be passive defensively and allow Pat Mahomes and these bum-ass cats make two easy receptions to get one of the better kickers in the league to kick a field goal. Even now I'm talking about it, it pisses me off even more. My man, Josh, Jeff King, thank you for that because you, know, you got me fired up now, man. That shit is a piss off, man. You don't find Josh Allen's anymore. You know what? Josh Allen retires tomorrow. He says, you know what? I'm good. He, pull, he pulls a, he pulls a, what do you call What's that young buck that retired from, uh, from the Colts? Sometimes I get, I get uh, my brain starts rolling and I'm like, Wait, who's that guy's name again? It's been so long, but you guys catch what I'm saying. What's my man's name again? Andrew Luck. Thank you very much. He pulls an Andrew Luck and says, 
coach was trying to change me. He wanted me to, to be just a passer. Brandon Bean wasn't giving me enough at the receiver position. You know what I'm saying? I need a little more with the way things are going right now. I need just a tip, tad bit more. He didn't give me that. I'm out. Do you know how effed we'd be trying to find a position, trying to find someone to come to, to Buffalo and do that? It's already hard enough to get someone to come over to Buffalo in the first place, right? And you hear it. People say, once we get here, we love it, right? Shady was like, I want nothing to do with Buffalo. He was mad that he got traded to Buffalo. But once he got here, he was like, yo, it's cool. It's actually, it's a cool place to be. But ain't nobody trying to come here voluntarily if Josh Allen isn't here. Josh Allen being here, that's a different ballgame. I'll play with Josh Allen. Let's go play ball. But nah, bro. Like, if you you let that brother leave, we're in, we're, we're in trouble. So what I'm trying to get to is, y'all, we can't be, and I keep, we talk about it. And I mean, I you guys say it all the time, so I don't want to re- regurgitate the obvious. But this brother's in his prime right now. He's in his prime right this second. Don't waste him on his prime. Don't waste his performances in his prime. He's putting up some damn good performances in the playoffs, especially don't waste that shit in his prime. You can't, man. Because then when, when you start, when you re, reshuffle and you start getting money back in the bank, because right now money is starting to hit now, right? We had him on a cheap deal. And the first year of his, of his, of his, Official contract wasn't hit. Then, then the big time hit with 45 mil. He's getting it. Now these contracts are going to change. Now the landscape of who's getting paid on these teams is going to change. Bro, you got to start freaking. This is where Brandon Bean comes in. You got to start putting the talent around this brother, man. You can't just expect this guy to just kind of, you know, pull that shit out of his ass and make things happen. I'm going to tell you this, man. Tom Brady, I always gave Tom Brady mad respect because if you can, you name other than when Randy Moss came through and you saw the year he had with Randy Moss, but other than Randy Moss, which with, with, uh, with uh, Tom Brady, the only person I could tell you that was legitimate, that was a star with him was Gronkowski. Everyone else was just like a, a good player. Edelman was a good player, but like anywhere else Edelman went, I don't think he would have been as good with, with anybody else, but there was no star receiver going out there. Who was a star receiver for the new England Patriots? Honestly, other than taking away, and you obviously want the quarterback's always going to have one player they need, right? Phillip Rivers had Antonio Gates. You need that one player that you can get by. You always need one. Josh with Diggs, you need that, right? He had Gronkowski, but there's anybody else that was next to him that was like that guy? Heck no. Heck no. Joshua, look, he won with Chris Hogan and Danny Amendola. Come on, man. Like Tom Brady, Tom Brady's that dude, though. He's that dude. So, like, Josh Allen is that dude as well. But you, but in this day and age, you got to give him a little more. You got to, he ain't, he ain't like that. Tom Brady is a different breed. That boy is different. That's why he's going, he's going to have his green jacket sometime soon. But fam, you got to build, you got to build around that brother, man. You do. You got to build around him. You need one more piece to go along with him because we just talked about it. Second, at least Amendola did his part. He wasn't elite. But he did his part. He wasn't going no games with no zero receptions. Fuck out of here with that, man. What you was what you what are you supposed to do with that? Zero receptions for five games? That's five games I could not rely on you. <laughs> I could not rely on you. Zero receptions, and I'm giving nah, bro. So I, I'm I'm relying on Stefan Diggs, which they're probably double teaming. So making my job even harder. 
Yo, give me a second receiver, please. Give that man a second receiver. I need to get that off my chest. I need to get that off my chest. So I'm not going to keep y'all. It's Friday night. I've been on this thing for about an hour and a half. I promised myself that, yo, this off season, there's probably not a whole lot to talk about. So let's keep it. Let's keep it. Let's keep it rolling. So I'm going to just hit a couple more things and I'm out of here. Move on to the next next subject. By the way, thank you to Jeff King. Uh, You've been such a big support, man. He's been killing it with the super chat today. I can't even deny it. You know what I'm saying? You can't. So I appreciate that. That's love. Really do appreciate that. Especially in these offseason times, it's tough. All right. Controversial. But here we are. Let me let me put oh, the picture didn't show. What the heck, man? I posted it and now it's not. This is what I hate with this app sometimes. It's, it's a piss off. Damar Hamlin. Mr. Damar Hamlin. Mr. Damar Hamlin uh has uh I guess he's the winner, the recipient of the Comeback Player of the Year Award. And a lot of folks feel that he's deserving of that. Um, and uh, it's an amazing feat. I mean, we all know we all know what happened. We know what's, what's going on. Hey, by the way, Luka Doncic, 73 points today. 73 points. Golly, Joel Embiid goes for 70. This guy goes for 73. I hope they never break Kobe Bryant's record ever. And that's not even the record, first and foremost. But I hope they never break that brother's record. That's my guy, Kobe. And by the way, it's a four-year anniversary. I don't know where you guys are at. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But anyway, let's, let's get to this real quick. All right? DeMar Hamlin. Do you guys feel DeMar Hamlin is deserving of the Comeback Player of the Year award? I have my, my thoughts on it. But do you feel that he's deserving of the comeback player of the year award? So here's the deal. Before I play you this clip, I guess uh, he he amongst a few players players, excuse me, where uh, in the discussion for the comeback player of the year award, I personally do not think he's deserving of the comeback player of the year award because. I think it should go to someone that, and it's a touchy subject. You're right. David Coolis is a touchy subject. That's why I got to watch how I'm going to say this, right? He's in his own separate conversation. That's a, that's a whole nother, you know what I'm saying? Like he's, he's been recognized all over the place for such an amazing, what God has done for this brother. Because if you, if you don't believe in, in the God that we, by we, that we live in, I'm telling right now, Good Lord was with that brother, man. He put the right people around him. He put the right, he put him in the right scenario, right city. Like everything was, I mean, it's unfortunate it happened, but things were in place to keep this brother alive to do what he's doing today. And he's been recognized for that. There's no taking that away from him. I think there'd be something completely separate from comeback player of the year. For me, comeback player of the year award should go to someone that either had a massive injury and came back to perform. You've got to perform. Right? And it, that's what gives me that you're back. You're back because you're back to what you used to do. Right? Playing at a high level. And in DeMar Hamlin's situation, although I totally agree that, you know, he's back. He came back to resuscitate his brother. He had to go through all this stuff. Like, he pretty much passed 
and they kept his heart beating or he passed and then they came. They, whatever, this, there's been so many stories here and there, whether he passed or didn't pass, whatever the case is. Point is, his heart stopped beating. His heart stopped beating and they said, ha, 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 stay in the left. I think that's what the beat, you're, that's the beat you're supposed to use, right? Ha, 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 stay in the left. And boom, my brother, they brought that brother back, went to the right people in Cincinnati, and here he is today living and breathing by the grace of God. He's here. But when it comes down to it, and let me, I see Jeff King was making a comment, so I got to go back and find Jeff King's comment here. But when it comes to it, I, I personally believe that you give it to someone that's performed. So let me get to Jeff King's comics. I think I saw. Let me scroll on back. Let me try to find it. Jeff, I'm going to try to find your comment. Don't you go into Super Chat. You don't need to do all that, brother. Let me try to find your comment here. Uh, look at, nope. That's, I went way too far. I went way too far. Jeff, repost your comment, bro, so I can so I can see it. So, G. Bell said he came back, period, which is deserving. Definitely not most improved. Um, him coming back, but this is the thing. I think that should be something completely separate from. I don't think they should put him in that that category. I really, I really don't, because I, I'll give you, I'll give you an example in just a moment. Somebody said, well, well, seeing how he literally died on the field, come on, guys. John Herring, I'm not dismissing that point. I'm sorry. Okay, here's, I think this is the comment Jeff King was trying to make. I'm sorry. If not for circumstances and PR problems, he would have been cut this year. Hate me or love me, that's my take. All right. So I'm going to just continue off of that. All right. So let me play you this clip real quick. And then, and then I'm going to get to my point with that. And this, and this is not to take away from, from DeMar whatsoever, because I'm a fan of DeMar. I love everything that brother stands for. I love the charity that he stands for. I love his family dynamic. He's got a younger brother. I'm big on family. I'm huge on siblings and so forth. And I love every bit of that. I really, I really do. But when it comes to this scenario here, I think that there are other people deserving of it because of what the award means and what you're coming back from, and what you've done to show that you've come back. Let me see if you're there, right? So let me, I'm going to share something because it was uh, Mr. Joe Flacco had something to say. So let me play this clip for you guys. Okay, perfect. You guys can see it. Check this out. The finalists for the Comeback Player of the Year award came out yesterday. I know you won, right, the highest honor that anyone could win in the NFL, and that's Super Bowl MVP, but it's yourself, Damar Hamlin, Baker Mayfield, uh, Matthew Stafford, and then uh, Tua Tunga Vailoa. How'd you kind of uh, process that one the other day? Well, you know, I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily know what I'm coming back from. <laughs> I, probably, I would say most of the guys on that list. I'm not sure what we're coming back from, so that's probably my initial reaction. But I think anytime, anytime that you're, you know, getting recognized in this league for, you know, playing well, I guess, uh, you know, it, it, it can be flattering. So. It's a cool group to be a part of, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, that's my initial thought. Is I'm I'm not necessarily I'm just coming back from you know what being old and you know not not being on a team for a couple months. So who knows? But would that be bizarre if you won the award with the way that you just laid it out? Oh, of course. <laughs> you know, I, I think we could probably go through most. Like I said, most of the guys on that list besides Demar. Um, you know. Uh, I don't know if we're necessarily coming back from anything, but uh, like so I do you said, think Demar should win it? Is that what you're saying? Just wonder. For sure, 
you know, I don't know how many snaps he played, but I just think mentally to get yourself back to the point where you feel comfortable doing that kind of thing. And, you know, obviously the physical part stands that, you know, stands for, you know, you don't need any explanation there, but I think mentally to get yourself ready to go back out there and um, feel, feel good doing that, you know, what we do, uh, especially at his position um, is, is pretty cool. So cool response uh, by my man, Joe Flacco. But at the end of the day, I said, yo, do you think he deserves it? He goes, well, I don't know how many snaps he played. Um, that's number one. Number two, when he says, uh, when he said, I'm coming back from uh, being a couch. Like for, for him, you went from retired to coming to the playoffs and, you know what I mean, and helping your team. That's cool. If I was going to give it to someone, to be honest with you, I would have probably gave it to Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield traded all over the place, pretty much ready to be discarded. If he didn't have a good year, a, a somewhat of a decent year the year before, then, yo, he probably would have been, in the, in the same as Josh Rosen, somewhere in the lines of Josh Rosen and Sam Darnold, right? But he came back and had a massive year, brought his team to the playoffs. You have big shoes to fill. You got to fill the shoes of Tom Brady that won a championship and brought a championship to Tampa. That's who you give it to. Come back player of the year, but he got most improved. So there goes the award for that. But see how they found an award for him, most improved player? To me, love what DeMar does. And, I, and I've said this before and I'm standing on it. I be, I really truly believe that they should have they should have um given him something else something different maybe a new a new award I don't know not even a new award but just recognize him like he's been recognized all off season he's been going to award shows and di- like bro but here's here's my theory in all of this they gave him the award because then three years from now you can go back and look look at who who came back from. I mean, who are your winners and your recipients? Then you come back and you go to DeMar Hamlin. Oh, yeah, I remember DeMar, he, like, he, he had that incident on the field, and he came back and he was able to play. But, like, your comeback player of the year, if you go back to previous awards, you know what I'm saying? Alex Smith, brutal leg injury, right? They probably thought this brother wasn't going to play, but he came back to play. So, come on, man. Like, what are we doing here? Like, I know people want to get in their feelings in this whole, in this whole situation. Like, he's deserving of it, but no. It's completely different. I just don't truly believe that he deserves that award. Something completely different that recognizes him, which he has been. That's how I should be. So, and if this is the case, for those that don't know, John Mechie, the receivers for the Texans, was diagnosed with um, what I, I, what's cancer. He was diagnosed with cancer. He had to sit out all the last year, right? And most people are like, well, he shouldn't be on that on that list because he didn't play. He didn't, that was his first year, and he never actually played a snap of the NFL, so it wouldn't count. Okay, well, then next year, he should automatically get it. Automatically. He came back from cancer, fought back, and now he's playing. Not a whole lot of people can, can, I mean, obviously, there's different types of cancers, so that's why I don't know what kind of cancer he had, but cancer, nonetheless, isn't good. And the fact that you can come back and play and contribute, because he was a contributor this year, so then you got to give it to him next year then, right, if that's the case. So that's so that's why this it's a weird it's a weird scenario for me personally. But I mean, at the end of the day, not that big a deal. I mean, it is what it is. I don't think people I don't think Baker Mayfield is sitting here caring like who gets it. They understand it. The thing that they really care for is winning the damn award of Super Bowl and Super Bowl MVP. If you're gonna win something, you win that. Other than that, for me personally, I don't truly believe he's deserving of it. Not because he's he's doesn't deserve it. It's just I don't I think there's more deserving people for that award because you've come back from something 
and you actually played at a high level. If he came in and they gave him that fake punt and he took that fake punt all the way for a touchdown and it won us the game, yo, maybe tweak it and say, yo, this guy came in and gave the game winner on a fake punt. He took it to the house and they won the game off of the back of DeMar Hamlet on a special team. The story would have wrote itself. Yo, here you go. Here's the word, but that's not the case. James Conner, thank you very much. James Conner came back from cancer for crying out loud. James Conner, big-time running back. Did he get comeback player of the year? I I think he was diagnosed with cancer in college, no? Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, he was diagnosed in college. And he's still playing to this game. Look, yo, what a beautiful story that is, man. So, neither here nor there, man. It's just, in my my opinion, in my humble opinion, love DeMar Hamlin, love his story, love everything about him. Real talk. But, had this not been a situation where nothing happened to DeMar Hamlin, is DeMar Hamlin on the squad? Would they have kept him on the roster? That's, that's a debatable question because maybe they would have. Or maybe they kept him for, like my man, uh, like my man Jeff King said, for, you mean, for PR purposes. Yo, we can't cut him. We'd look like a bunch of, we look like a bunch of just insensitive assholes that just cut the guy that came back and all season long he's been playing and you know what I'm saying? He's been thanking our medical team and our strength and conditioning team. And how are we going to cut him? They can't do that. Because we were all talking about this year, right? They're not going to cut him, are they? Are they going to cut him? Oof, they kept him. Oof, that's a, that's a good PR move. Everybody's thinking about it. Is he thinking about it? Who knows? Who cares at the end of the day? We're, but we're about to find out what's really good now. Because right now, we need to win. And in order to win, you need depth. And I'm not saying he's a scrub because he ain't no scrub. DeMar Hamlin ain't no scrub. But would he have made the squad? Could we have, you know I mean, put another piece on the squad that would have helped us? Maybe a receiver instead of keeping him on the squad. And you know what I'm saying? There's so many things. So many things. But anyways, neither here nor there. I appreciate the man. The man is still here. He's still breathing. He's still able to do the things that we are able to do today that a lot of folks cannot do. You got to be thankful for that altogether. Real talk. But anyway. That being said, I think Baker Mayfield should win it. If not for, for DeMar Hamlin, but it is what it is. So, folks, last thing for me, uh, coaching. If you guys not heard, but our linebackers coach, Bobby Babich, is being coveted for a defensive coordinator position. For those that are not familiar with Mr. Bobby Babich, he, was our, he came in on the squad with Sean McDermott in 2017. He had... He coached the, the the safeties for the first bit of his career. Had Micah Hyde and Jordan Poirier developed like one of the best in the game. He's, they've, he developed those boys nice. Then he moved to the linebacking core. He's working with, you know I mean, Milano, Terrell Bernard. You saw, you saw the developments of these linebackers, I'm surprised. And you're going to see a lot more Dorian Williams next year if he returns. So anyway, he is being coveted by other squads. Now, here's the deal. What do you do with Bobby Babbage? You don't want you don't want to be in a position where oh shit we're gonna lose him because that's what we did with, Dick, with Ken Dorsey. We're gonna lose him. Keep him. Keep him. Promote him. Promote it to offensive coordinator. Fired the next year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now obviously it's a little different ball game because now if you take the defensive coordinator position, if McDermott says you know what I'm gonna focus on more coaching this team altogether, Bobby Babbage, you run the defense. This is your baby. Or Eric Washington, even Eric Washington, they're looking at Eric Washington. Thank you, Bill. 
Bill, I am Washington too. I hope the bear, I hope, uh, hope to the bears. So he might go, he might be, yo, they might be losing some guys to the squad. So what do you do? Do you keep Eric Washington and make him your defensive coordinator? Or do you go to Bobby Babbage, the younger Bobby Babbage, because he's young, or do you make him the, the, your defensive coordinator? Then if you make him your defensive coordinator, who's calling plays? Is McDermott humble enough to say, you call plays? I'll just head coach. Or are you going to lose Bobby Babbage and you're going to lose Eric Washington? Now your defense, I mean, you're the guy that runs the defense, but now your defense is going to take a hit with these positional coaches. Let me tell you something. When we lost um, Chad Hall from the receiver coach position, the receiving, the receiving coach, the receiving, the receivers on the squad were not happy about it. Like he decided to leave because of whatever reasons. He took a lateral move. He's like, yo, I'll be a position coach somewhere else. So that changes the dynamic. You saw the receiving room this year. It wasn't the same. Chad Hall dipped. And you know what I mean? These boys were unhappy. They bought him a truck. I guess McDermott was like, yo, enough of this shit, man. You're not, you're not their friend. You're their coach. What's all this stuff? You buying a truck for this guy? And th- I, apparently, McDermott wasn't having it. He was not happy about that. So what do you do with Bobby Babbage? Do you promote him to defensive coordinator? If you do, you can't just give it to him in title. That's what Thad, Thad, uh, Thad Brown said. You can't just give it to him just by the title. You got to give him the duty and you give him the play calling ability. Because if he goes somewhere else, he's most likely going to get the, the ability to play, to call his plays. So why would he take the, the position just in, in name, but not have the actual duties? We'll see. We shall see. But anyway, that's my time, folks. I appreciate y'all coming through. You guys watched this whole, you guys stuck with me and you, uh, you came and hung out with me this whole time. Uh, listen, recapping what we talked about, man. It's about coaching the leash on this coach. The, have we given McDermott too much of a leash? Yes. Do we need to rein him in? Yes. Is he on the hot seat for me personally? Yes. Does he need to get it done next year and take us to the Super Bowl next year? Yes. If he doesn't, should we let go? Yes. Yes. Because you, you just haven't, you haven't been able to get over the hump. And what's, what's going to get you fired or what's going to get you relieved of your duties is if you can't get over the hump on Pat Mahomes. You got to get over the hump on Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. You got to get over the hump on Joe Burrow. You can't let these new cats come in. Because guess what? Jim Harbaugh is going to LA and where, wherever he goes, his brother wins. And here comes, here comes Justin Herbert. You need to get the damn job done. Cause if you don't, we'll get someone that will period. That's what it comes down to. Where did we go wrong? We talked about where the things went wrong. You guys let me know in the chat where you think we went wrong. It'll go from there. And, um, and that's it folks. So you guys enjoy the rest of your evening uh, schedules. We're, we're going to start to kind of shuffle some schedules around you. You guys already know that. And uh, we'll keep you guys uh, in check and let you guys go. So who's your Super Bowl wins? Who's your Super Bowl victories? I'm going for San Fran. I think San Fran wins the whole thing. Uh, I think it'll be San Fran and uh, the Ravens. Ravens will take down the Chiefs. And if the Chiefs win, golly, I'll be pissed off. But the Ravens, 49ers, and I think the 49ers will take it. But if Lamar comes in and wins the whole thing, kudos to him. Kudos to him. It'll be sad for me because then it makes him, it makes Josh Allen have to now get a Super Bowl because now Lamar has one, and now Pat Mahomes has two. Golly, that's going to hurt. So we'll see. We shall see. So, folks, have yourself a great evening. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Smash that like before we get out of here. And if you have not subscribed to the channel, subscribe to the channel. You guys already know what time it is. 
And until next time, it's your boy Rico. It's the Buffalo Fanatics, the Rico Report, and we'll catch you guys on the flip. Have yourself a good night. Peace. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.